That's for a sheep. Oh, total sheep dude. Episode 22 of the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. I'm here, as always, with uh, you know my, my, my associate in crime, uh, Matt Franchise. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Are we committing crimes? Well, crimes against uh, the mainstream, lamestream fantasy outlets out there just pumping out the same old garbage, just spewing the same old... Oh, targets and blah, 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 yards per target and fantasy points scored, fantasy points against. Get out of here. We're committing crimes against those clowns. Damn right. I can get on board with that. Yeah, because we're the fantasy hipsters and we're tearing down the establishment. We're asking questions. We're all about disorder and tearing things apart. We're drafting Michael Thomas ahead of Odell Beckham. Boom, boom. Flames. Dead. It's coming off you right now. Melted. All right, well, that was quite an introduction. Yeah. Um, you know what you don't want to get melted, though? Your hair. Your hair wax. Wax. But you know where you get that hair wax before it hopefully melts? I have an idea. Is it Champs Grooming? It is Champs Grooming. Our pals, DoChampsGrooming.co, the official presenting sponsor of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. They've got everything that you could possibly need. Their vintage-inspired grooming, vintage-inspired handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are incredible. They have everything you could need to stock your shelf of grooming products if you are that modern-day man. They've got the beard balm, the beard oil, the hair wax, everything you need to finally actually look good, you you slob. Finally. Uh, the answer is here, finally. Finally. The answer slob. is here. Yeah. You list, see, look, you're out there listening to your mainstream fantasy a- analysts just regurgitating the same old garbage year after year and also you're looking garbage while you're doing it you, well you look like a bum you look <laughs> yeah you look like a bum and we're here to fix both of these problems for you not only are we going to actually give you some real good football analysis we're going to actually give you some good products so that you stop looking like complete trash that is a correct take and, and we're actually going to give you a discount yes yeah, so if you are a bum you can get some money off 15 percent off Go to dochampsgrooming.co, go to their shops, throw some stuff in the cart, enter promo code HIPSTERSPOD, one word, for 15% off, and uh, then you won't look like a bum anymore. Yeah, ditch the garbage bag and get some good-looking <sighs> grooming products in you, you, you fool. Hobo. All right. <laughs> now that we've insulted <laughs> so much slander. All, all our listeners and all of our, uh, all of our co-workers in the industry... Like, do you want to dig into the mailbag? Satchel. Yeah. Oh, the satchel, the mail bum. <laughs> this podcast is really off the rails quickly. Um, I just like saying bum. bum. Yeah, well, you say it really, and your your eyes lighten up when you <laughs> say it, and they your nose constricts a little as I'm here looking into your eyes. My nose is pretty narrow, so to constrict, it must be, okay, whatever. Yeah, we don't need your let's, breakdown. This is not the nose breakdown podcast. All right, let's crack open the mail satchel. Let's crack it open. And we actually have an audio question here to start from our buddy oh, on yeah. Twitter, at Spider2YBanana. He's an editor at Rotoviz. Spider2YBanana. Spider2YBanana. All right, here we go. <laughs> well, let's play it in. Greetings, hipsters. Charlie from over at Rotoviz. Hey, really enjoy the work you guys are doing. Got a couple of beard questions for you. I got the beard thing going on, had it for years. So the beard is thick, the beard is long, the beard is rich and lush. Thanks in no small part to the beard oil from Duchamps. Cha-ching! Here's the question, though. I've discovered that the beard is starting to show a little gray. And I've heard that might make me look distinguished, but I'm really afraid it just makes me look old. So I'm wondering if I should color it. If I color it, I might look younger... But that might be strange with the cargo shorts. So if I color it to look younger, should I switch to the romper? Or should I let the gray show, hope for dignified, and stick with the cargo shorts? Hey, I also wondered if you guys could do a breakdown of the top 10 NFL beards. Cheers. A lot to get into there. Uh, Absolutely love this question. There's so much to say. One, we should do a breakdown of the top beards. I think that's something we've talked about doing in the past, and maybe we'll do that later. 
Okay, yeah. At some point. I don't have 10 beards off the no, top of my head. No, not off the top of my head, but that could be like a segment on an episode at some point. Sure. Um, and Oh, sure. In terms of the cargo shorts, no matter what you do with your beard, ditch the cargo shorts. And again, any of you bums out there wearing cargo shorts, you should all ditch them. They look stupid, and there's no practical reason for them. I don't care what, you're, what you've got to carry around. A scientific calculator, maybe? Yeah, nerd. Uh, nerd. Anyways, it's on your phone now. Duh. Duh. iPhone. So, listen. Ditch the cargo shorts because they're bad. The cargo shorts are lame, and but, they, they are for dads. But also, don't get a romper, too. Well. No. Don't get a romper, too. Look, I'm not going to get a romper, I, but I'm just saying. I know. We had this discussion we had a the romper. I'm completely against the romper. I'm, You're open to the I'm possibility. I'm open to the idea that somebody could pull it off. Yeah. I don't know about Charlie, but, you know, maybe somebody could. But anyways. In uh, terms of the gray, the beard and the coloring yeah. and the gray. So well, what's your stance on this? I think the gray, like he said, gives you a little distinguished vibe. You, you know, you look a little wiser, maybe a little more intelligent. You have a little couple more years under your belt so you're a little wiser than the other bums out there in the street yeah especially with um i'm down if you've got the beard balm and you can really like bring it down a little you know get it all into kind of formation it could look really good with just a little bit of gray in there streaks yeah little streaks exactly because i don't think the coloring is gonna look good man i gotta say like greg williams dyed his beard and he looked like an idiot yeah and then you're going to be self-conscious about it. Right. You know, you're, I feel like it's like a ticking time bomb. Like, when is this going to go off? Like, when is somebody going to notice? You yeah, know, yeah. you don't want to have that anxiety in your life, especially if you're already wearing cargo shorts and you should have anxiety about how stupid you look. So <laughs> anyways, ditch the cargo shorts. Don't color your beard. Don't get a romper per, yeah. f- per franchise. Don't get a romper, probably, unless like, you're real ripped and fit and you got good looking legs. Okay. You do leg days. Like The Rock. Sure. I bet he would look good in a romper. Probably. He'd probably rip it. Well, of course. All right. Let's go into the next set of questions. These ones come from the email. Of course, you can email us, fantasyhipsters at gmail.com, and you can send in audio questions like that anytime. We like those, and you know, they're a little bit of extra work to splice into the show, but hey, I'm I'm happy to do that extra work of it if it's all, it's all for the show. It's all for the people. We are the podcast of the people. That's right. Ripping down the establishment and bringing... Good takes back to the people. Bunch of bums. Yeah, you bums. God. All right. I don't This is aggressive. Um, it's probably because we're recording this podcast so early. We're actually recording this on a Monday because right. we're stocking up all our episodes because I'm going to be traveling this week. Right. So I'll be back open, home. Open the kimono and show the people. By the t- Unzip the romper and show them what's going on inside here. Anyways. Bunch of bums. <laughs> so... So by the time you listen to this, I will be back in Virginia. My Virginia people, I'm with you. I'm, I'm here. I'm in Virginia. Actually, well, this is by Friday, but I might, be, I might be down in North Carolina. My North Carolina people, I'm with you. Podcast of the people nationwide. Where am I? I don't know what's going on anymore. All right. Questions. All right. Mail satchel. This one comes in from Ben. Hey, hipsters. I have a few quick hits for you. A beer recommendation for Matt, a music recommendation for Matt, and a fantasy question for Matt. We're all Matt's here. Makes sense. All right. Beer. Flying Dog Brewery. It's a Baltimore craft brew company that only puts out high-quality beers. My favorite is an IPA called Snake Dog. Sorry, franchise. Um, But they have a flavor for every palate and a great um, seasonal selection. Snake Dog. I flying like flying dog is uh is is good. It's actually uh it's pretty popular. Like you can find them in the uh in like just the the, the grocery stores like up in the East Coast there. Oh. Uh, one of them is the Raging Bear. Squares. Oh, that's nice. their Belgian IPA. Good good name. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, obviously, they, but they do have a good selection. So that's a good tip there from our listener. Um, next part of his question: music. Mipso or Mipso? Mipso. They're a four-piece indie band from Chapel Hill with an Appalachian folksy feel. They're great for a quiet drive or a chill night at the house. React. Uh, well, I need to listen to them, but I mean, if he's recommending them, listen. It, it comes from the Apple, Appalachian folksy feel. I'm in. Hipster is hell. Yeah, that sounds like it should be playing in Asheville, North Carolina, which is the place where I actually belong, not in this hellscape of a city in Los Angeles and oh. trapped by the establishment. You're on one today, dude. Okay, fantasy. By the establishment. Who do you guys like as the number one dynasty prospect? Odell seems like an obvious pick, but the long, bright future of Winston and Evans gives me second thoughts. Yeah. What do you think? I think, Mister, uh, Mister, you took Michael Thomas over Odell Beckham. Right. In our MFL ten, we discussed last week. I think the big argument here. I think Amari Cooper is up there in the number one uh, dynasty startup picks. 
because of the prospects of the long-term relationship with Amari Cooper and Derek Carr, or like he said, Mike Evans and Jameis Winston. And uh, but I still think you got to go Odell here. That's just I mean he's just he's better than all of them. Correct. Your answer is correct with Odell Beckham, and here's why I say that over Mike Evans. And I know this has been a popular thought uh, in this offseason is maybe Mike Evans has overtaken Beckham. I, I disagree, yeah, and yeah. and I get it that the quarterback situation is a little bit more appealing in Tampa Bay than it is in New York. Completely fair. However. I don't know that we necessarily will see Evans continue to hold the dominant share of targets in that offense like we saw last week. I mean, it'll be close, but last year, uh, yeah, excuse me, last year. Yeah. Um, with Beckham, we've seen we've seen that for multiple seasons now. Yeah. We know that he is that superstar level player. Maybe Evans does replicate that production, but you know, a lot of that did come in the early part of the season when the team was bad and they weren't really able to consistently run the ball and their defense was putting them in bad spots. We saw in the second half of the season that target pace started to slow down. Uh, as the defense picked up their play and they really started to kind of hammer Doug Martin more. And also they brought in Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin. So maybe targets get a little bit more dispersed. The offense is going to look different. But you saying all that reminds me of what DeAndre Hopkins was to the Texans in 2015 and then what happened in 2016. Now I'm not saying that that's going to happen to Mike Evans, but it's a different look on offense. And we saw it happen with DeAndre Hopkins and... It just kind of reminds me of the same situation. It might have been kind of an outlier type of year for Mike Evans with a huge, ridiculous production. So just pump the brakes a little bit. on Right. There's a big difference between 192 targets and 150-something targets, which was the difference between Hopkins 2015 to 2016. And Evans was at 170. If he drops back to like 130, that would be a pretty big decrease. Yeah, for sure. Regression. Uh, Next question comes in from Tom McGovern. Hey, Fantasy Hipsters, have you ever sampled anything from the many Michigan craft beer breweries? You probably have heard of some brews such as Two-Hearted, the Bell's Two-Hearted IPA, great one, and Oberon, which I've never heard of Oberon, but I have heard of Bell's. Um, Both are, but there are many, many more to choose from. The couple I will mention is Founders All Day Session IPA and Bell's Smitten, both deliciously bitter but still easy to drink in any season. Obviously a little biased, but Michigan is easily a top five state for beer. Look, I'd love to try more Michigan beer, of course. You can always send us beer. Yeah. You, hit up the, you hit up the hipster's email. We'll tell you where to send us some beer. Um, My fiance is from Michigan. Oh, well, there you go. So you're an expert opinion. Bell's is actually, she loves Bell's. She loves Oberon. It's a good summer beer. It's a light. Uh, but she's always talking about Bell's. You can find it out here at BevMo, so they distribute mm-hmm. out here. Yeah, the Gulp always has Bell's on draft, and plenty of other places have, have it. So, yeah, it's a, that's a great one to mention. And Founders All Day Session IPA is a really good one for, like, if you want to be drinking beers, like, for a long period of time, but you don't want to get, you know, wasted off, like, a hard IPA. Hence the All Day. Right, All Day. Exactly. Adrian Pe- Maybe that's Adrian Peterson's beer. Please. A-D-A-P All Day. But yeah, it's a good one for you, but you also don't want to go like super cheap. That's a, you know, like Garbo beer, then there you go. One more quick takeaway. Everyone thinks where they're from is a top five right. beer place. It's true. It's just a trend. Here's the real take. Beer's good no matter where you are. Correct. Our next question comes in from Otis Douglas. Thanks for Rubble Bucket. I can't get enough. Nice. You're welcome. Anyway, I'm drafting 110 in a 12-team in a PPR Dynasty rookie only draft. Where would you take Alvin Kamara or... Uh, Kareem Hunt there. Would you take Kamara? Would you take Kamara or Kareem Hunt there? Right. Marty Solid at tight end with Kelsey and Henry, so I'm not going there. Um, Also, how would you rank these flat-faced dog breeds? Boxer, English Bulldog, Frenchie Pug, Boston Terrier. Thanks, dude. Um, In terms of the the flat-faced dogs... Yes. um, I like the Boston Terrier. There's a Boston Terrier. uh, Mort. We had Mort on the show. Oh, Mort. Yeah. Yeah. We had Mort. He lives in the building here with us. He's got that flat face that's pretty cute, and also because his like uh, he, his nose is always like you know stuffed because his breathing yeah, cavities are. That's an issue all these dogs have. Right. I just I love when he gets like ex- like when he gets excited to see Charlie and I from down the street. He'll go all loud and obnoxiously. Yeah, it, it sounds like he's like a just like he's about to just completely hurl <laughs> some <laughs> some snot out of his mouth. So it just. <laughs> It's great. I love it. Uh, it. It cracks me up every time. Yeah, those dogs are fun. Uh, they make all kinds of noises. Uh, in terms of ranking here, I'd have to go Frenchie, uh, English Bulldog, Pug, Boston Terrier, Boxer. 
Ooh, boxers. Banged at a big spot. Don't really like the boxers. Interesting. Had a negative experience with a boxer. Oh. Maybe that's biasing my ranking. That sometimes does influence us. Yeah. Um, all right, so would you take Alvin Kamara or Kareem Hunt first in a dynasty rookie draft? 100% I would take Kamara. If it's really? a full-point PPR league, yeah, I would take Kamara there. I think that's the way I would go, too, because I think he's going to have a really safe floor this year as the team's primary pass catching back. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, maybe by 2018. Look, they traded a uh, was it a, they traded a third-round pick in 2018, or a second-round pick in 2018 to take him in the third round this year. So I, they value him, obviously, very high. Um, he could be their starting running back by 2018 because I think we know what they feel about Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson is old. So Correct. I mean, this could be a – and it's a really good offense for pass-catching running backs. This is a really good offense for, for backfield in general. So I think that's the way I'd go. I think it's the higher swing and also probably the safer pick too. Agreed. Cool. Next question comes in from Charles Cowie, or eh, whatever. I think that's close enough. Through a series of trade, I have the following <laughs> picks in the Dynasty startup. Not going to read all those off. Um those first six picks, I have a pretty solid base. Two quick questions. Is 43rd overall in a dynasty startup too early for Isaiah Crowell? And is 102 too early for Zay Jones? They are both a bit of a reach. Uh, I usually reach for my guy, but I have uh, I have a three-round gap after each of those picks, uh, each of those ending tier picks. Is there a better value at my pick, or would you still go get your guy at, the tw at a 20-ish pick reach? Thanks, and good luck this year. P.S. If you're doing a listener league, you got to include me. I do do champs proud. And he included a picture of his beard, and it, like, swirls up. It's pretty sick looking. He looks like he should be some kind of, like, a, a villain in the Wild West. Yeah, it almost looks like a wave, like, crashing over. It looks even better with, like, he's in this picture, he's got a vest on. Vests are pretty dope if you can pull them off. Yeah, he, wow. Nice beard, dude. Yeah, very good beard. Good, good. So what do you detail work? So what do you think? You think those picks are reaches? I think the Zay Jones pick is a reach, but I don't think the Crowell pick is a reach at 43. Uh, Crowell's still very young for having three seasons under his belt. I think he's only 23 or 24. Yeah. So he's still got a long career ahead of him. He's getting better. They want to use him more. Uh, they want to, you know, Hugh Jackson's there in Cleveland, and they want to establish the run game more so than they did last year. I like Crowell. I think he's going. Uh, in redrafts, maybe mid to early third round. So mm -hmm. I think if you're waiting till pick 43 to get him in a dynasty startup, that's good. I wouldn't go that early for Zay Jones, though. Yeah, so One, I think 102. I think your thoughts on the Crow pick are good. And I would say, like, as a philosophy-based question on the Zay Jones thing, like, once you get into the hundreds, like, making a 20 20-ish pick reach is not that big of a deal to me. Like, I don't care if you really like Zay Jones that yeah, much. That's fine. Yeah, you want to get your guy. No big deal. But I would say, like, I don't know if I take Zay Jones there. And this is also just a, like, we know that Macklin was released. And maybe even by the time that you are listening to this, he's already signed somewhere. But one of the first places that he was rumored to go to was Buffalo right. to follow Shady McCoy there. And, and that would essentially, like, if he went there, Zay Jones would have, like, zero fantasy relevance this year and probably in years to come provided it wasn't like just a one-year deal and that's my problem with drafting rookies like simply based off opportunity because I think we can all agree Zay Jones is fine but like people were drafting him really high in rookie drafts simply because of the target volume that he was likely going to see and like that could like one move could change that immediately and so I think that's just one thing that it's a little bit of a word of caution true that next question comes in from Mike Hell. Uh, hey, hipsters, love the podcast. I have picked 105 in a rookie draft, and I feel I'm a running back away from a championship in a 15-keeper dynasty league. Assuming McCaffrey, Fournette, Cook, and Mixon are the first four picks, am I crazy to use that pick on Marshawn, or should I go best player available and take Corey Davis? Also, if you haven't tried Diamond Beer Brewing Company, they are a good Arkansas-based beer company. Michael from Mountain Home, Arkansas. So funny story about Arkansas before we answer this question. Okay. And, and alcohol. You know I took that road trip last uh, Yeah last summer mm -hmm. uh have, have i told you this story i know i've never said it. i don't think i've ever heard the arkansas story so uh at, the only time i i mean i was camping out for most of the the trips the only time i would stop in hotels was like if i had to do something for work or like a, especially like a mock draft um like there was there was, so one night i did end up stopping uh in a hotel because i had to do a, a a mock draft for the football diehards magazine and i was like this is gonna be great i'm gonna stop in get some food get some beer i mean i haven't had beer i've been on the road for for weeks on the way back to, to california no beer for weeks for weeks <laughs> um so i stopped in arkansas in a hotel 
and get there and immediately I go to the grocery store and you know get some food and I'm like oh they don't have any beer here maybe this is you know like like Virginia they don't have uh, you know so, some place well Virginia has beer in, right. the, in the stores but some places only have it in liquor stores so right didn't see any around look up I was in a dry county oh no a dry <laughs> county in the year 2017 Arkansas come back to us oh man terrible yeah so that's my funny Arkansas so story did you drive to get beer or? no I just passed sucked it up <laughs> that sucks yeah so that was pretty disappointing uh in terms of the question for one i don't know that i don't i have a tough time seeing like all running backs go in the first five picks so i think you will end up with one of them yeah um but i would just go best player available and take Corey davis i don't mind taking marshawn in like the second round of a rookie draft if you really feel this way but at the same time that pick could be a zero and you'd know it right away whereas like if Corey Davis is a zero in week one or in, in year one, then you at least have optimism of the future. And also I just think in general, you should try to avoid drafting for need in rookie drafts and really yeah. just try to take like the, the best talents in the best situations. Right. The fact that he says he's a running back away from a championship, that's a good way to look at it, but it's also, you can't, it, it's also not a good way to look at it because running backs get injured. You could get the guy you want. He could get injured week one. Like there's a lot of different things that can go on. If it's a dynasty league, you want to plan for the future, get get your rookies and uh, build from there and just kind of make do with the rest of your team and try to win otherwise. Yeah, maybe you take Corey Davis and then you flip him to the team drafting 110 for one of their starting running backs because right. they knew they were never going to get Corey Davis, but maybe they're big, they're, maybe they're big Davis. Now. Trading is always a good option. There we go. All right, next question comes in from Jaden. I need help. I'm a di Of course you do. That's why you're here. Help. You, you bum. No, just kidding, Jaden. You're not a bum because you knew to email us a question. Ah. Uh. I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Oh, wait. Now he's a bum. Diehard Eagles fan? Not See, true. That was a joke? Matt Harmon does not endorse this no. statement. It was just a joke. I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and I can't help but like the way the offense looks this year. I often hear the stance that this offense is a short-passing, low-volume offense, but I think that could have been the result of wide receivers or lack thereof that they had last season. I found that Wentz's yards per attempt declined as the year went on, and losing Lane Johnson at right tackle hurt the offense drastically. I think a better offensive line and the addition of Alshon could help downgrade the it could help the downfield passing game, and this team could look quite different in 2017. My question are, am I biased for being high on Alshon because of this? And two, is it worth trying to project offensive changes year to year when it's not entirely obvious that they're trying to move in a different direction, like Jacksonville this year? Thanks, I love the pod. Um, I don't know that you're being biased for being high on Alshon. I do think they obviously signed him with the intention to make him their number one receiver. Yeah. I, I do think this, this generally would probably want to be a conservative offense, though. That, that is, seems to be the way that Doug Peterson coached last year. You know, Wentz did not accumulate a lot of air yards last season. He is an aggressive by quarter, quarterback by nature, but also we don't really know who he is at this point because he started off so hot beating up on some bad defenses. Then as the year went on, his mechanics eroded. Is that a thing that we can are going to see himself? Or are we going to see him fix? Um, do we think some of that conservative nature on offense was also them saying, "Hey, look, we have this rookie, this rookie quarterback. Like, let's not let's throw not him throw into the much. fire. Yeah, let's not throw too much at him. Let's let him develop. Could let's be. get some assets in the off season and start build for building for the next couple years. Yeah, that's kind of that's a that is definitely something to keep in mind, and he I might, think that leads right into his second question. Yeah. Is is it worth trying to predict right. offensive changes? I think you have to kind of like we're saying, judge it by their moves. Obviously, they the, made some huge moves. Made some huge moves at wide receiver in terms of bringing in Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith, and um, and they added Legarrette Bourne. Right, and so that's the thing they did, but they waited to dra to address that running back position. Right, so maybe that does project some changes that they want to be more of a pass happier offense and they want to be more of a downfield passing offense because Jeffrey and uh, Torrey Smith are both downfield receivers so I think it yes you're right it is tough to predict these sort of changes but much like the Jacksonville example too you look at their moves they drafted a big offensive lineman they drafted Leonard Fournette fourth overall um, so you have to kind of use that as the best gauge of how to predict where they're going to be going forward but yeah it is tough to get on board year to year yeah for sure Next question, David Ellis. Hey, guys, my name's Dave. We got that. And I'm a listener from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I was just wondering if Harmon has ever used the app Untapped. It's like social media for craft beer lovers. If so, what is your name so I can follow you? Also, wondering what the Spotify playlist is called from Franciscovich so I can download that. Cheers, Dave. Um, in terms of Untapped, I, do, I have never used it. I've always heard of it, but 
I don't like it posting to my, I know I can turn this off, but I don't know. It's just a lot of work to, to like when I'm drinking to also remember to do that. Um, Agree. And I don't want it posting to my Twitter so that it's like, check out like all these beers I've drank. And then people are like, whoa, dude, drinking a lot of beers. Right. I know that's happened to Gellar a couple of times when it like unleashes all of these notifications. Like, congrats, you just got this, ad this badge. And people are <laughs> like, bro, what are you, slow down. It's so weird to get badges. You're like, yeah, I'm wasted and I have seven badges. Yeah, so I've never, I've never done that. Um, Maybe you guys can talk me into it, but I don't think so. I've like I have the app and I've used it from time to time, but like you said, it's like a lot of effort to get in your open the app. You're in a social setting. You got a beer in your hand. Now you got to get this app out. You got to search for the beer. It's a whole thing. Yeah, if it's a good beer, I'll remember it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Uh, by the way, the Spotify playlist is called Fantasy Hipsters Picks. It's a public playlist on Spotify. I tweet it from my handle at Matt Franchise every once in a while, or you can just search Fantasy Hipsters Picks in the Spotify search bar and you should be able to find it. There you go. Next question comes in from Jeremy. Hipstars, recently found the podcast and your hatred of pun team names made me a listener for life. Here's my question. Nice. I'm in a 12-team keeper league. Yeah, that is nice. 12-team keeper league that allows draft pick trading. Last year didn't go my way, so I made some deals and I have some nice draft capital this year. Cool humble brag. Uh, two firsts, <laughs> including 110... Uh, a 101. second or 101, sorry. Uh, a second, three thirds, and my keepers are David Johnson, Jordy Nelson, Allen Robinson. I expect right. to get Bell and Evans with my first round picks. Is there a scenario where it makes sense to invest in a top tier quarterback or tight end rather than waiting? Um, I'll have a solid running back, wide receiver base going in the second round. I think I can afford to spend a pick on Rodgers or Gronk. Am I overthinking or am I overlooking a hole in the strategy? If not, there's a benefit to one of the positions over the over the other quarterback versus tight end. I would do it for Gronk, would not do it for Rodgers. See, I was thinking the other thing, just because Gronk gets injured so much, you can't really if you're gonna invest an early pick in him, you don't want him getting hurt and that is a huge risk. I so, guess, but the weekly he's talking about the weekly advantage. Right, he just wants to be a beast of right. the team. And, and I he's think shaping up to be a beast of the team. Right, and I and I just think Gronk uh does that for you more than um than a uh, than than Rodgers does at quarterback. That makes the quarterback sense. position is just more predictable week to week, and we I mean we know what the deal is with the quarterbacks. Right. Next question comes in from Brandon. Hey hipsters, I'm entering a dynasty auction startup, and I've never done one before. This question may be too vague, but do you have any tips or strategies you would recommend? Any help you would be appreciated. It has a super flex spot, so is someone like Luck worth as much as Odell Beckham or Ezekiel Elliott? What do you recommend spending on those top tier players with a hundred dollar budget? Um, I never like to do like exact measurements with like your budget or whatever because it just right. so much depends on the draft, blah, 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 blah. But I would say, yeah, quarterbacks are going to be worth a lot more. Um, you can play that to your advantage, not necessarily chase one. But while other people are throwing – like throw some quarterbacks out early and let people go berserk for, for young guys like Andrew Luck. Um, I always recommend that with, with auctions. And I think the studs and duds approach is, is definitely pretty real. Even in a dynasty, if you could acquire like two or three – high-end receivers or, or, and or maybe an Ezekiel Elliott type then and you blow most of your budget on them that's not as bad as you think it is yeah and because it's a dynasty auction startup uh, people are going to overvalue rookies just because they that's just something that gets into people's heads so people are going to pay top dollar for a guy like Leonard Fournette uh, so let them pay that let them overpay for the rookie and then you'll have more money to spend on established guys later in the draft um, you might want to get a couple rookies at value later in the draft but don't pay top dollar for those guys and then next year you can get some other rookies and start building towards the future but i think people let rookies go to their heads in dynasty startups and then you end up with a team full of rookies and you can't contend for a couple years so all right here we go next question comes in from jack tompkins hey guys all the way from yorkshire england great job with the podcast love it thanks thank you Happy to have you with us while we're tearing down the establishment and mm -hmm. the bums. All the bums out there. I tweet you guys quite a bit and I love the interaction, but I realize I never actually mentioned football at all. Hey, that's okay. It's all beers and bands. To be fair, it's not bad topics. Agree. So my question is, in my fantasy group, there are eight total teams, which by the way, bro, Jack, you got to get more people in on that league, um, of which I am the seventh of for the 2017 season. Presuming all top six picks go who are your seventh and tenth picks around the bend i am traditionally a running back heavy drafter but i feel my picks will have to be mike evans then who 
A.J. Green, Jordan Howard. Basically, do I go one wide receiver and one running back or two of either? You guys rock, and I thought you would appreciate this. My newborn daughter will be having my final pick this year. She will just be hovered over the draft board, and whoever receives the most puke will be picked. Oh, God. That is horrific, but... It's quite the strategy. Yeah. I, I, what if that person ends up being the best on your team? That would be quite the story. You would have to... Like football, baby. Ooh, football puke, baby. Um... <laughs> I don't mind going two positions, uh, two of the same position around the turn. Um, I like A.J. Green over Mike Evans this year, so that would probably be where I'd go with that first pick. And running backs I like around that turn are Melvin Gordon, uh, DeMarco Murray, and Jay Ajayi, honestly. I like Jay Ajayi. I like Ajayi more than Jordan Howard. How do you feel about that? Uh, Totally agree with you. All right, so those are kind of some names. You got any others that you like there? Uh, maybe you could consider LaShawn McCoy. I think he's going to have another big year. Yep, that could that could work. Yeah. That could work. That could work, you bums. All right, next question comes in from Logan. Hey, guys, new listener here. So if this question has been answered, I apologize. Don't worry about it, buddy. But I recently acquired Will Fuller in a dynasty league. Due to the Jeremy Macken release, he's now my wide receiver, too. Do you believe his 2017 <laughs> will be better given how historically bad his quarterback play was in 2016, or will his numbers remain stagnant? Love the show. Thanks franchise well you had a a you had a visceral reaction there when you say will fuller is your wide receiver too you're not in good shape that's that's what my take is yes there was historically bad quarterback production there last year now they have a rookie so uh, and will fuller isn't that good like he's just not good he's a deep threat but he's super tiny and we've talked about him on here before he's just not that good yeah, I mean, I think he will be a splash player like he was when he was productive at times last year. I mean, he put up some big numbers to begin the the, the year. I think and then people he just do... got hurt and couldn't get back. Right, and he was playing with the uh, you know who Brox. there, Brox, Brox the Um So uh, yeah, I think he. I mean, he's going to have some splash weeks, but predicting those will be rather tough. So not a wide receiver. Wide two. receiver two is definitely not something I'd be completely on board with. Um, so yeah. That answers that question. Maybe he makes some moves there, man. And but hey, Jeremy Macklin release. He could he could end up somewhere. So I don't think you need to sweat too much about that. I think he's gonna find some a new home. again. By the time you listen to this, because we're posting this on Friday, you might have already found a home, and yeah. you might be feeling better, Logan. So we hope you are. Yeah. Next question comes in from Matt Babich. First off, love the show. I was hoping you could help me with my di- my draft strategy dilemma. I'm in the keeper league, and my keeper is Mike Evans. So I'm out a third round pick. Many of the top running backs have been kept as well. David Johnson, Bell, Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy. My question is, should I go for a Freeman type of running back with my fifth overall pick and get a receiver later or take Jordy Nelson because of the pure value and wait to see what comes, what running back comes in the second round? Thank you. Look forward to hearing your input on the podcast. Um, my first question is, Devonta Freeman, why is he any lower of a tier than, than Jordan Howard or, or any of these players? I mean, well, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell for sure, but I like Freeman over Howard this year too. Agree. Much better offense. Uh, like we said, Ajayi could be an option. DeMarco Murray could be an option. Mm-hmm. I kind of like. I kind of like going running back here because he already has Evans. I think he should get one of these top running backs and then think about wide receiver again after. Uh, we already we talked on this week's earlier episode about Jordy Nelson. We're not really sure how to value him yet this year in the Packers offense. So. I think you go with a guy like Freeman or Ajayi and then see what happens at wide receiver on the next round. All right, next question comes in uh, from Al Green in the Pizzle. All right. What does that mean? I don't know. Last year I got a quarterback pretty early, third, maybe fourth round, Cam Newton. Ugh, I'm going to go in the later rounds this time, but wonder who you guys think will be available on the sixth, seventh, sixth, maybe seventh round with some value. I don't think there's any quarterbacks there that I really like um, in that range. I think Rodgers will go earlier, obviously. Andrew Luck might be around there, and I think Luck could have a big season this year. But um, Yeah, Luck's going fifth round, Matt Ryan, uh, Derek Carr. Yeah, so I'm not Cam. taking – no, 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 no. I'm not taking any of those players in the sixth, seventh round. I think if you're not taking Rodgers earlier, then you're just waiting, and you're waiting until double-digit rounds, not, not there. There's too much wide receiver – there's a lot of wide receiver value in that sixth to seventh round range, so I'm not – I'm going to say nobody. Yeah, wait till like the tenth or eleventh round. Uh, you could get Philip Rivers late in the ninth. Eli Manning, Matthew Stafford's in that range. Andy Dalton's a, a good value pick this year. Right. Good bounce back play. I would wait too. 
Definitely, we are in favor of waiting here. Yeah. We have spoken. Uh, next question comes in from friend of the show, Adrian Charlie. Uh, sup, hipsters. I got sup. into the Scott Fishbowl this year. Congrats. Ooh. Living that fan life based on the scoring slash team format, what are some general strategies you suggest? Cheers, Adrian. Well, one of the big wrinkles that Scott, the mastermind that he has, has thrown in this year is that there's a uh, – there's um, – there's a there's a there's a the points per first down. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so running oh, backs I think are are really well, uh, well, you get a point per carry too for running backs, right? Don't yes. You? Yeah. So running backs are the, a lot of the guys that were high up in first downs scored last year were um were were we're running backs, so I think running backs are going to be heavy. That's uh, crazy. And I don't think there's no PPR this year, too, so I think it will be... Well, a... I think tight ends got PPR. Right, so in that case, Gronk might be like... I mean, I think he might be a first-round pick in here because first downs, you, you get PPR. points for first downs. You get tight ends get the PPR bump. Um, touchdowns, obviously, he's good at that, so <laughs> that's going to be one thing to look out for. Uh, that's crazy, though, first downs. Greg, like a guy like Greg Olson, who Cam Newton would trust hypothetically on third downs, you you would think that he's a player to to look for too. Um, but I think in general, you're kind of probably chasing running backs this year. For sure, I found that last year too, and because the draft happens like in mid July, which is super early, your running backs could be dead by September. Yep. You, you want to definitely make sure you have a lot of depth at running back. Uh, you know, it's a super flex league, so people go out and get their quarterbacks. But I think the point per carry and the first down thing is going to make running backs a lot more valuable, too. There you go. Um, next question comes from Josh. Hey, guys, this is likely the most important question you've ever received. Extreme hipster beard off question here. Beard versus beard. Maddie Franchise versus Mike the Fantasy Hitman Wright. Whose beard are you taking and why? This is a question for you, I guess. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I've seen Mike in real life. I've, we've met um he has a nice beard um yours is definitely more when when yours is at its peak it's more elegant is it, is it not at its peak right now eh, it's a little frayed you looked at it and we're like when it's at its peak yeah, it's, it's not at its peak right now what do you want from me when it's a little you're a little frayed um but mike is and mike is definitely like more scraggly like yeah kind of me, almost metal band looking like Yes. You're just more well groomed. You're longer, more well groomed. I'm going to go with you. And that's not that's not bias. I just Mike's is a little more scraggled. He's he's definitely got a scragglier look than than you do. Um yours is more mature, elegant and well kept. You know why why that is, right? Cuz you go to do champs grooming. That's correct. Mike is prob- Mike's not going to do champs, no. which that's his fault. So, yeah, grow up Mike. Go to do champs and fix your beard. Maybe you'll get picked next time. Thanks for choosing me in that beard off. High five. Next question comes in from Neil Varnish. Hey, guys, new listener here. Was looking for something more than just fantasy in a podcast, and I think I've come to the right place. Boom. Anyway, I'm curious to, to know who you guys have as your top six or seven players on the board in a standard league. Uh, all right, and i got to read the rest of it. Um, so I think top six, correct me if I'm wrong, in no order. Bell, Johnson, Zeke, Brown, OBJ, Julio. Yeah, top six, yeah. So where would you how would you rank those players in a standard league? David Johnson, Lev Bell, Antonio Brown, Zeke, Beckham, Julio, probably. I think that's the way I would go too. Wow. Wow. All right, next question comes in from David Bowman. Uh, he says, Bonjour hipsters. He's looking for general auction draft strategy tips. Um, and I think that we have talked a lot about auctions here and there. We just talked about one earlier with a dynasty draft. Is there any major change you would make with between dynasty and, and redraft auction? I mean, in dynasty, you're looking for younger. You want to kind of stack your wide receivers. You want to target young wide receivers. You want to pay right. for them, like Odell Beckham. Like two or three years ago, I had a startup, and I just targeted Julio Jones and every one of them. But he's getting a little bit older now. So you want to move to the younger guys, build your young wide receivers, and then go from there. Right. For and for a redraft auction uh, with this, I would. He recommends. He talks about the stars and scrubs approach, and that's really something I would. I like to do, especially in redraft. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about age as much in a redraft. Right. And I wanted to g- read this email for sure because he gives a music recommendation, and it's Dawes. And hello, we know about Dawes. We've heard of them. Yeah, they're like one of. They're definitely. They're hot take. They're in one of my top three bands. Of all time. Have you seen them live? 
I have not seen them live yet, so oh. that's on the to-do list. Them and Alabama Shakes are in my top, probably my top five bands for sure, and and uh, I've not seen either of them live. So yeah, you gotta gotta get out I'm there. I'm not as dog. big of a live music fiend as you are. I mean, I like that's live okay. music. I just you know you go to a lot more shows than I do because you got insider access. That's correct. So don't rub that in my face, bro. I'm just saying. Don't box I've me out. The, the You're trying to box me out. The lead singer of Dawes. Uh, forget what his name is but he's an underrated guitar player for sure oh yeah awesome yeah yep um yeah so great 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 music suggestion last email question comes in from chris allen friend of the show hey guys read an awesome article from matthew friedman uh matt f the oracle on twitter on beat writers there are sometimes contradictory statements at least from the pool of writers covering a team and how we should phrase how we should parse their statements into actionable data i follow some beat writers like mike reese and jordan rodrigue Maybe toss in Joe Goodberry as well. I think Jordan was on some podcast earlier this year. Forgot the name of it. Front Yard Chatter or something like that? Roasted. Jokes aside, do you guys have any recommendations on some solid beat reporters to follow? And how do you sift through the blurbs and quick takes you see from beat writer reports? Thanks, guys. Uh, Jordan's a great recommendation. I'll shout her out. She's my friend from the Charlotte Observer. Uh, I think we're going to hang out at some point when I'm on the East Coast. Um, And I like people like Jordan because they actually really focus in on the game not just like periphery what they're seeing they do deep dives and also you know got just more you can tell by the way a beat reporter thinks and, and sees about the game are they just like writing you know their little observations or are they really taking an in-depth approach to it and I, I like obviously Jordan is someone that I think does that and um, in general it's hard to it is hard to parse out statements of beat reporters but again I think it's important I always talk about the drum beat that is the biggest thing Sure. Um, you don't want to just take like one little note and because these things can change and beat reporters are also very swayed by you know emotions and and the, like what they feel when they see things and you kind of again you want to see consistency from reporter to reporter and also consistency see throughout the off season. Agreed. Two of my favorite are uh, Nick Underhill who writes for the I believe it's the uh, I don't know if it's the New Orleans Advocate. He's a Saints beat writer. Nick Underhill. Yep. And uh, Dave Burkett covers the Lions for the Detroit Free Press. Those are two of my favorite guys that always have awesome little nuggets in any write-up they do that you can apply to fantasy. Uh, so if you're not following those two guys, Dave Burkett for the Lions and Nick Underhill for the Saints, add them to your list. Righteous. All right, let's bang through the Twitter questions real quick. Bang. This one comes in from at RFL Red Zone. Is Andrew Luck a hipster or just playing weird in redraft leagues? Where do you see him being drafted in his final stats? Andrew Luck, hipster or just plain weird? I mean, pretty sure he's a hipster. I think he's just plain weird. Dude, like, didn't have a cell phone or some something, like, last year. Yeah, he's a, he's a goof. He's a goofball. He's, he's just weird. a weird, he's, eccentric, yeah, kind yeah, of nerdy guy. Yeah, he's a weird. He's weird. Just plain weird to Fine, me. Fine, not a hipster. Uh, and where do you he's, see him being drafted in his final stats? I think he's a t- easy top three quarterback this year, and I think this could be his best season yet. Top three, huh? Yeah, I mean, the line is, is looking be- the line is looking better than ever. I think he's got good weapons around him. Jack, I like Jack Doyle, Dante Moncrief, Kamar Aiken, you know, Philip Dorsett even a little bit, playing some roles behind T.Y. Hilton. Um he did have surgery in the offseason, I believe. That is true. It's something to monitor. Yes, so keep an eye on that. Next question comes in from Mike Sherman. Uh, auction League, already keeping David Johnson for $11. Should I keep Ty Montgomery or Jamison Crowder? Both are 5 bucks. Coming from the UK, Beard Love. You know, I think I would go Crowder. This is hard, though. It's a hard question. I like Crowder, but I think I would go with Montgomery. We talked about it on our episode with Evan Silva, just what a great path to upside he has, especially yes. in a PPR format. And if he hits that off, uh, that upside, five bucks for a running back? I mean, obviously the budget. Yeah, I mean, he's keeping David Johnson for 11. That's a steal, too. If you can get two starting running backs in a PPR format, um, or well, actually, it doesn't say PPR. I don't know why I'm assuming that, but... If you could get uh, two starting running backs in this format yeah. for just $16 combined, that's pretty great. I would go with Montgomery. All right. I would just go Crowder because we know what he is. Montgomery's kind of a question mark, and there's some guys behind him who, if he struggles, could take over the job. I think Crowder's established in his role there, and we kind of know what his what he's going to do. But that's just a, our different takes. Fair enough. Next question comes in from at GoldenGram41. This is a fun question. Do you think a legitimate super team could ever form in the NFL like the Warriors in the NBA? No. No. Because it's salary cap. It just takes more than one player in the NFL to make a team good. It's also just 
so much more about um, I mean that's why you see t- sometimes like a free agent comes to a team and it takes a little while to, to pick it up uh, systems and 11 moving parts going together is a lot different than it is in basketball where you can definitely ride the, the abilities of one superstar a little more than you can in the NFL um, and so much comes down to the quarterback position and the quarterback position also takes up the most cap money uh, which ha- hampers your ability to sign a bunch of other teams and make a, make a super team so no I don't think that there would be a legitimate super team in the NFL but it's fun to imagine have we completely failed on this question and, and failed to realize that the New England Patriots is the super team of the NFL but it's not but they're not <laughs> built in the same way that like uh, that like a, the, the Golden State Warriors are where they, they they bring in a big superstar like Kevin Durant I mean and they're just dominant right well right. I mean the, the Patriots are dominant but I mean, they brought in Brandon Cooks this year, and that was like an earth-shattering move for them. And they brought in other guys, like, but I would say that acquiring guys like Mike Gillisley and, and Dion, I mean, uh, uh, Rex Burkhead are, is hardly super Does not team. equate to the same right. level. They, they have, I mean, on defense, power. I guess they did bring in Stephon Gilmore who, to team with Malcolm Butler, and that should be a really good cornerback duo. So, but yeah, I, I think it's they're a little bit different. Whereas they, they're built with like smart, savvy, under the radar, like veteran moves and get good production out of them. Um, like the Chris Hogan sort of signing, that that's not really super teamish to me. Right. And NBA is like, hey guy, you're good, so you'll be good on this team. Fo- football doesn't work like that. For football is a little more complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, next question comes in from at Josh underscore Jenkins five. Everyone always asks about late round targets. How about a few guys you're completely avoiding this year in redraft? Sure. Uh, I've said Marshawn Lynch. I don't really want any piece of. I understand the upside in Oakland. I just don't see it happening. I'm probably not going to own any Marshawn Lynch anywhere. Uh, mine will probably be Eddie Lacy. I don't mm-hmm. think, like, especially at a fourth-round cost where he's going in, in most formats, you can count me the hell out. Um, Carlos Hyde, no chance. I think if he slips to the seventh round, I'm in. Other than that, forget about it. There, the negative drumbeat has started with him. It started back in April. Yeah. Um, it's only continued with all these other stories. You think about it, like everybody's talking about they brought in Joe Williams, and that's a great point because Kyle Shanahan really stood on the table. They also traded for Capri Bibbs from Denver. They signed uh, Tim Hightower in free agency. They signed a fullback. And like I know none of those are like an earth-shattering superstar, but it still goes to show you they're not satisfied with their backfield. So it's part those, of, part, all parts of the drumbeat. All parts of the drumbeat, and also just apparently someone – there was a report, I can't remember the exact report, but some the, one of the reporters at camp said he was the worst-looking player out there. Hyde? Yeah. Ooh. So forget it. No, That's not good. Completely count me out on, on those two players. Also, probably Dalvin Cook. There's no situation where I would take Dalvin Cook with a seventh-round pick. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. There's just too much in his way to be to have that upside. Yeah, forget about it. Uh, next yeah. question comes in from David at David Gross 9 Is Danny Woodhead going to get short yardage and goal line looks for the Ravens this year? I mean, I don't imagine so. You would think Terrence West is going to be the goal line back, yeah. but 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 Woodhead has made hay in the red zone in the past with the Chargers. Um, he could be even better as a as a red zone back as a receiver than he is as a rusher. That's so true. That's true. Really can't rule it out because we've seen him do it before. So um, you know, and it's not like Terrence West is a proven superstar, even though I like him a little bit. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, He's I think, not your prototypical prototypical short yardage guy but then he catches the passes and and we've seen him do it before i mean that's the thing like he was he was like a red zone monster with the chargers and it was frustrating for melvin gordon as a as a first year player yeah sorry can't really give a clear answer but don't rule it out next question comes in from at chronic tar heel about to hit the four or five turn and take tyreek hill and jeremy macklin because i assume macklin will go to the ravens is that dumb well i don't think you can assume that jeremy macklin will go to the ravens um and, and yeah and we talked about hill in the fourth round on our previous episode being a little early that is definitely for both early. of us yeah and i think even if macklin goes to the ravens that's early too because it's mike wallace is established there yeah. they obviously want perryman to be a thing so i would still say the fifth round would be early for macklin even if he does go to an ideal situation uh like baltimore so it's just hard to i mean look it's hard to be cut on in in early june and then just walk in and become a team's number one receiver no matter where he goes agreed uh it's gonna take some time so i don't know i think macklin could easily get overdrafted if he's going around the fifth uh the like the early fifth round yeah so not in on that chronic tar heel nor am i 
Next, next, and final question from comes from in from at M. I don't even know. That's a lot of letters and Change not really it. a word. Um, I am rebuilding a dynasty team. I have Mark Ingram, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Kenny Britt. Should I suss out vets and or stock up on rookies? I mean, don't so totally sell out all your veterans, but if you can get some good like some good value for them in, in younger players. I don't think any of those players necessarily are going to be returning value like at this point. Mark Ingram's stock is down. Kenny Britt's stock is he's probably worth more to you than he is on the open market and quarterbacks are near impossible to sell. Yeah. Maybe hold on to Fitzgerald for this year, but I think you just hold all those guys because like I said, probably not getting any sort of good return. Um, and right. rookies also can like after the first I mean anywhere in a rookie draft you could get end up with complete duds so true all right I think that is it for another jammed packed male satchel special of the fantasy hipsters podcast franchise you got anything going on you want to promote right now uh no I'm just you know just flying by the seat of my no pants bunch of bums can't confirm um all right well i mean as for me just continue to check out the reception perception in the ultimate draft right, kit receptionperception.com right. you go there you hover the mouse over my cute little face and you click and uh you buy an ultimate draft kit and you get more access to wide receiver data than you ever thought you needed um well i'm ready to get out of here because i'm uh as we speak not as we speak but as people hear us speak driving down to North Carolina right now to visit my dad at his beach house and get drunk on a beach. You better focus on the road, bro. Yeah, it's a good point. You're driving. Better turn off the record button and, and start focusing. Close the mail satchel. Zip. Delete your account. Mean Hipst- Lee Hipsters out. Hipsters out. <laughs>